So, Cyril, uh, firstly, I would like to thank you for giving us your time to come do this interview. Oh, sure. Um, it's it's a Monday night, so this <laughs> other than other than the How I Met Your Mother finale, I wasn't really doing much. <laughs> Big TV guy. No, just that show and Food Network. <laughs> oh, Food Network! I can't stand to watch Food Network. I I can, but that's because I like to cook. Do you cook along? No, I don't. I don't cook along because th- that's ridiculous. Like those people can cook circles around normal people. Usually, uh, I mean, hey, Bob Ross invited people to paint with him. That's true. However, I think the the biggest problem is getting like a kitchen space that works. And the um, ingredients. Yeah, and the ingredients too. Well, it's like hang on. Add some saffron um, to it. <laughs> Saffron, yeah. eh? You a big herbs well, guy? No, well, yes, I am. But it's one of those things that's just saffron's a very, 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 very expensive. So, like, you know, you're watching Iron Chef. God, no cook along with Iron Chef. And, like, they add these really expensive ingredients like truffle oil or truffle. Well, truffle oil is not super expensive, but truffles and, and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> no. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I never really pictured you as the, uh, the, the chef kind of guy. Um, I mean... Well, I just like to, to cook and think about flavors and stuff. It's just, you know, it's another creative thing that I'm not completely terrible at. Um, although uh, my fiance probably wishes I was a little better. But she's, I guess, I, she's probably just happy that I can cook. Um, well, I've got about a 50% success rate with making omelets and uh, not, just, not just making scrambled eggs. So I think yeah, omelets I'm... are difficult, so that's pretty good. I mean, a real omelet. Otherwise, it is just scrambled eggs with crap in it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, mean, uh, I had a, a cooking class uh, three years ago. Oh, cool. And that's uh, really my only experience with learning how to cook properly. Yeah, I just um, lots of food network, good eats, and experimentation, really. Um, so that's, you know, uh, college got me really into pesto saute sort of stuff. So I just started expanding on that. Uh, different kinds of sausage. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I like food. <laughs> mm. uh, what is and or were your major in college? Oh, I majored in business administration with a minor in music business. Uh, nice. Is that a, a BS going, going well for you? Um, well, I don't make completely stupid money decisions and, um, I don't know. I guess, I mean, it's it's been helpful to know exactly what to do um, when I've been doing the music thing. Because, I mean, I am trying to, to do it and make some money um, with the eventual of goal of making it my primary source of income. And one thing people that um, may not be as familiar with business need to do is, is um, basically like costs, uh, costing things and such. Um but, I mean, there's simple stuff, like, where you can, oh, yeah, I spent this much, now I have to spend this much. But there's there's sometimes more to it, and then you have to uh, weigh the benefits of, you know, certain production stuff and physical copies and blah, 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 blah. But basically, <laughs> yes, it's been helpful in that regard. Well, um, I'm glad that uh, that's working out for you. Yes, somewhat, so far. Okay, so um, I guess we should actually proceed on to the interview now, although I'd love to sit here and talk culinary with you for an hour. <laughs> I suppose they want to hear about my music, not by, about my 
um, Nero escapes death at the end of a knife. Uh, right, right, right. Maybe next time. Yes, sure. Okay, so uh, BavsCon coming up, and you're performing. Yes, it's going to be fantastic. Okay, scale on 1 to 10, how excited are you for that? I'm actually super excited um, because I'm getting a half an hour. Half an hour set. Half hour set, and I'm getting a half hour with a full band, which, you know, I've performed at a couple of other cons, but I've had to either do it like acoustic or do it with some sort of backing track. Um, or uh, I had to, had to, had to like dumb some things down um, because of the instrumentalists I had available to me. But um, so this is one of the first times that I'm actually going to be able to do basically what I want, um, how I want it because of who I have available to me as uh, as group members. So. Yeah, that does sound like a very exciting thing. Uh, do we recognize the names of anyone that's going to be performing in this band? Well, Tarby's the guitarist, um, which is always special because he's he's basically what allowed me to do this. So um, Yeah, Tarby's a very cool guy. Yeah, he is. He's amazing. Um, but like, he allowed me to do one song on BernieCon 2012, which... I mean, to be dramatic, put me on the map, which isn't completely accurate. But I, you know, I'd be willing to say I didn't get, I didn't play ten cons because I didn't perform at BronyCon 2012. <laughs> uh, so this will be your eleventh performance coming up. Um, no, because let me see, I have to do some math here because I mean, BronyCon 2012, and then I did a couple in 2012. I did ten pony cons in 2013. Oh. Um. Yeah, it was a lot. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> so you're a you're a virtuoso in in performing at cons at this point. I yeah, somehow or another, that's what, how it happened. Um, because I don't know, I just I like really like performing, so I would go where the performances were, um, and uh, I really got off on uh, performing my own music. So that's that was the biggest thing because I've been playing in cover bands for a long, long time. So it's it's always nice to be actually able to play my own stuff. Right, right. Um, and so, as a performer, is performing your favorite part of the con? Yeah. Um, I mean, I like the other parts too, but I performing is such a high that I can't. I just can't get anywhere else. So, like, anytime I get to perform, it's 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 perfect. Um, and at cons, especially, just because of the crowds, usually um, they're bigger than normal, even than uh, my other performances that I do extant from the fandom so right right um so whenever you do go to perform uh, at a con and you're a guest that's there to do that um you're very busy of course right <laughs> yeah oh yeah incredibly busy um well it depends on the con depends on what i have to do because some of the cons when it was just me using my own performance stuff all i really had to do was sound check and, and make sure i'd be good with it um you know, leading up to it was more of the prep time. Then it was just the hour on the set. And, of course, they always have me do a panel, sometimes two. Right. Uh, just uh, you're going to be on some musician panels at this con then? Yeah. I, I know at least one uh, is just a rock musician's panel because there's always then that divide. And there always will be between, you know, people who record acoustic-type music with, like, you know, live instruments or piano or vocal focus and the people who are electronica you know, who are DJs or make, you know, like Silva Hound, Omni. Right, right. Stuff like that. 
Would you say that there's uh, any sort of friendly competition between the two, uh, I guess, leagues of pony musicians? No. I mean, no they're really, they're, they're, there's competition within, but they're, they're two very different, like, I guess, hierarchies, for lack of a better the term. I gotcha. Um, so, as a performer, how much free time do you usually get at the con? Is it a lot, or are you allowed to, uh, or do they loose the reins and let you go at a certain point? Oh, well, I mean, yeah, other than I want to, I always make time for rehearsal and it depends on, depends on the con. Um, some cons, I basically just mill around not knowing what to do with myself for part of the time. And, and, uh, but other cons, I am either performing with a lot of people or what, what have you. So I need to just rehearse a lot with those people. Um, Las Pegasus Unicon being one example of that where the entirety of Saturday I spent practicing with Tarby, with Halos Foss, and, you know, that's just all I did basically that day, and nursing a terrible hangover. Right. Um, Las Pegasus Unicon is a – I haven't heard that name in a, quite a long time. Uh, well, it, you know, I won't forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody really will. I mean, maybe years down the line I'll be like, yeah, that one time I went to Vegas. So. <laughs> Uh, that was quite the, quite the, I don't know, yeah. shit storm, I guess. For yeah, shit, shit storm is, yeah, it was, it was, it was the, uh, the best and worst of, of bronies all at once. And it was kind of amazing for that fact. So, yeah, uh, you know, it was just kind of one of those amazing things. Um, and I'm not saying good or bad because it was really bad, but at the same time, there's a lot of good that happened, um, from it. So, you know, the fallout's bad, but there's a lot of cool things that happen because um, you got to see, you know, I guess kind of down to it what people were all about. Uh, Not all about, but what people would do in an emergency situation, which has always been really interesting to me because um, you get a lot of dickwads out there. But even in the thick of it, the dickwads will put down their, you know, arms for a second, you know, have an armistice and just... Mm -hmm. So that's kind of cool to me. It's always cool to me. It doesn't matter what's caused it. Um, you know, the uniting against a big evil force. And really, that's what Las Pegasus Unicon was uh, on Sunday. A big evil force of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, um, I did hear a lot of good stories about uh, the people that were trying to help out with uh, everyone that was having a problem or losing a hotel room or something of that nature. Yeah, everybody was really, really cool about it. Um and so, <clears throat> BabsCon, right? Um, can your fans or non-fans that are going to be tortured by listening to your music, uh, can they expect any uh, new music whenever you go to perform? Yeah, um, at Brony, I mean, it's it, let's go in concentric circles of who's seen me. Um, I always perform new music, but you probably didn't see me at uh, DerbyCon South. I had an hour set at DerbyCon South. You probably didn't see me at Cutie Mark Con. If you did, great. But I had an hour set for both of those, so I played a lot of music. Um, you know, some new, some old, some very cool stuff that people haven't really heard me play before. But, I mean, BronyCon, I performed, you know, three songs, um, one of which was new. The rest, the other two were, were quite old. So I'm definitely performing some newer stuff. Um, nothing that's not been released before, but it's going to be a really cool set because I actually get to go forward with some cool songs. 
Yeah. Um, so do you try and make it a point to uh, play, I, I guess, the newer songs, like you said, or songs that you haven't had around as much or unreleased things? Yeah. I mean, because it, I have a big enough body of work where I've got the pick of the litter. Um, and what's really killed me sometimes is is not having the people to play it. Like, as I said, Tarby. Tarby did a song with me called All Confidential. And I, to the point of, I really don't want anybody else playing on that track other than Tarby. So when he plays with me, we play that track. However, for many of my con appearances, I never played that song because he wasn't there. But I always made a spot for it, even at BronyCon 2013. Um, So that was, and it's a cool song. It's kind of difficult to play, and I always enjoy playing it. and I always like to keep things interesting. I don't want to, oh, there he goes. He's going to play, you know, whatever song again. Um, right. And I always want to keep things as fresh as possible. I mean, what is music if it's not about the fun, right? Oh, it's always about the fun. Uh, if I didn't have fun, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, I actually think uh, Skrillex recently um, said something about uh, how people just need to stop taking music so seriously and let it be about having fun. Yeah, yeah I mean... The, the business side makes that really hard because, I mean. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's got to be easy to say that when you're as successful like he is. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, I don't fault him for saying that because he's right. I mean, you really have to keep a hold of your roots. I mean, no tree no tree lasts that long if it's growing in, in um, without, without firm roots, to use that awful, terrible metaphor that I butchered like a pig. Um <laughs> Uh, but so you know that that but that's what i mean like the roots are you had fun doing it you want to keep it that way as much as you can like it is work i mean it's a job i mean it's it's not a job like you know um mining or anything like that it's not necessarily productive but it's still a job um you don't always have to see it that way i mean in the brony community it's what you want out of it um i do the music because i have a lot of irons in the fire and i want to do it professionally eventually and so you know, for me, it's like the Brony community is, I, you know, I recognize that there's a, there's a fine line there. It's like, I'm not looking to get rich off Bronies because that's ridiculous. Um, it's not like it's impossible, but it's ridiculous to think that. Um, and especially where, where I sit and I'm, so I'm just like, okay, you're gonna, I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to write the songs I like and, you know, maybe something else will come through and I can do something else or, my audience will just keep growing and and eventually it'll be self-sustaining after you know a period of time and that's yeah. where i'm at and um so going pro do you think that uh you're going to ever completely stop with uh music that's pony related uh i mean i haven't had an inspiration for a new song in a while um which is unfortunate have like you, I haven't... have you been watching uh season four yeah i have uh, there was some good episodes. I haven't watched the most recent one. I've been kind of lazy about it. I got really into Kill a Kill, so that was taking up a lot of my time. And then I've been marathoning Skyrim the past week and a half. So, um, uh, yes, gotta <laughs> gotta have those priorities straight. Yeah, well, it's one of those things um, because I like I guess I kind of burned myself out. Um, not like that sounds bad, but like I, what I mean is I just like I went so hard um, that I had to that I had to b- bounce back a little bit. I mean, you can only go so much before that your candle burns out and you have to rewax the wick and um you know it takes a while to do that and so i was working really really hard i i i put out three albums in a year and a half 
you know, that sort of thing. And it just is like, uh, I need to, you know, I need to slow up for a second. Right, right. Um, or uh, you could take the, the aviators approach and have every song that you produce be ambiguously about ponies or not. Well, I mean, most of my stuff's ambiguously about stuff anyway. I mean, I've never really, other than a few, I've never really been like, bro, lol, or... I hope you've never been like that. Every pony for themselves. I mean, I've, I, you know, I wrote a song called Say Apple Bloom, which was, it's pretty distinct. Uh, uh, All Confidential is pretty distinct. Uh, but, you know, other than that, I've never, like, and One Trick, well, I had a song called One Trick Pony where I you know, use a lot of pony metaphors, but that was kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing. Mm. And the reason I'd done that is because I don't want it to be, I never want my songs to be just one thing. Um, and that's something that was instilled in me as a early young songwriter is make your songs as interpretable as possible um, and make them about you, uh, but but not about you, which is the funny part, which ponies actually gave me a really good vehicle for that because all of the songs I've written about ponies, unless they were distinctly telling stories from the show, um, like all confidential, which is literally about pony confidential. Like there's really nothing more to it than that. Um, is like, well, you know, I wrote a song called Where I Belong about about Dragon Quest, about Spike. I never say dragons or ponies or whatever in there, but it's definitely about it. Like, if you've seen the episode, you that that's about it. Like, you can get, get that. But if you haven't, you get it too, because it was in a time um, before I graduated where I, I, I was pretty lost. Um, and everybody gets that way once in a while. So that's where I was going for, you know. A right. selfish, you know, most of the mu- most of the music people make, and if they say it's it's not this, they're doing it wrong. Really, to me, is is sort of a, a exercise in mental self- masturbation, and you know, you get off into your your songs, and then people take that and they apply it to themselves, um, and then they jerk off into it, and it's sort of this like weirdly weird, you know, song coming thing. What a creative I- metaphor. I um I I aim to please. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're just gonna carry this on, huh? Uh, yeah, why not? I don't know. I just I've I I like playing with metaphors and being kind of off kilter and gross. So uh, but I'm not you being... really like playing with that metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was getting a little long and hard. <laughs> uh, good grief. Um, but yeah. Uh... I had an interview with uh, General Mumble a couple weeks ago. It was over text, though. It was not a uh, call like this is. Um, and he and then uh, Mike the Microphone, uh, they both mentioned that uh, ponies were a source of inspiration, that they just felt driven to uh, driven to make music because they just felt so pumped and energetic from watching the show and uh, the content that it produces. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like if, um, it, you know, I heard the song Winter Wrap Up and uh, and something hit me. You know, it was just one of those things where like I um, I heard the song Smile, Smile, Smile and I broke down and cried. And I still don't know why for, to this day. Um, but I woke up one morning uh, after a con. I, I've been doing cons for a while, but after a con and uh, the song started piping out. This was like before the episode came out and I just... <laughs> Man, it was it was emotional. It was hugely emotional, and I never understood why. But you know that sort of thing drives you. Um, yeah. So so that's exactly it. You know something about it just ensnared 
who I was at the time and, and turned it into a need to create music about it. So, yeah, it's pretty amazing how uh, media can affect people like that. I mean, it's definitely a good thing. Otherwise I'm the, the content that would be available for people to consume would be, uh, I guess, hollow and much less dense. Well, yeah. I mean, here's the bigger question and I'm, let's get hugely philosophical does the media um does the audience just a second let me let me phrase this right go on do the emotions dictate the media or do the media dictate the emotion emotions mm. and that's um and that's i guess where it comes from because you know there's always been catharsis in tragedies watching you know oedipus you know fuck his mom and find out about it and stab his eyes out you know um might not mean a lot to us. We just laugh at it uh, in a in a kind of oblique and weird way. But we're not Greeks, you know. Back in the day, that you know, somebody who saw that play and was like, "Oh shit, man, I might be, you know, having a bad day." Oh shit, man. <laughs> oh shit, man. I might be having a bad day. And they say it in a Greek accent, which I'm not going to even attempt. I don't. And, I couldn't even impersonate a Greek accent if I knew what they sounded like. <laughs> I know. Or Macedonian, but you know, so yeah, you know, but that's always how it's been. You know, tragedy is just the easiest example. It's the whole man. I I don't have it that bad. I think I'm I'm gonna be okay because I didn't, you know, accidentally fuck my mom. (laughs) Accidentally, right? I mean, uh, you know, if you if you don't really know who your mom is, I mean, you got to just realize that there's a chance that every older lady that you have sex with could be your mom. This is true. Or in some cases, Billy Mays could have been your dad. This is also true, and going down a weird path that I didn't expect, but I kind of enjoy it. So, but at, at any rate, yeah, I mean, I get that's the, I mean, that's the thing. Like media inspires, um, and th- things that inspire media inspire other people, and that, that even even as tertiary, tertiary as you can get, it will still inspire people. If somebody made a kick-ass cover of one of my songs and was able to wring even more emotion out of it than I could ever get. That would be a song inspired by a pony show and inspired somebody else, and that probably would inspire a listener. I mean, you get messages from people sometimes, uh, and I've had it, and it's honor. It's the great, greatest honor a musician can have because that's basically all you do. You know, you're not a, really a hero. You just you just make the stuff out of selfishness, really, and other people feel it and this is the greatest thing because i've I got a message like uh some uh, one of my songs got somebody through a breakup um a couple of my songs helped people on tour get through their their tour of duty and like you know what do you say to that you mean it's the highest form of flattery you just did this thing that you're like whatever you know you put all you have into it but you know it's like this is what i made you know it's my baby and and i love it if you don't love it, they get fucked. You know, basically that's the attitude most people have uh, when they make music because they really make it for themselves first. And then, and then that happens. And then you're like, oh, wow. So it's actually bigger than I thought, which is always an amazing feeling. So I live for that. Um, and anytime, and anytime I've touched somebody like that, no matter what I've created or if, even if it was a remix, I've had that happen too. Cause I used to do video game remixes. Um, I I I will be more flattered than you can say. You know, you can even know. So, yeah, that seems like uh, you know, if you can just feel that what you've done has affected somebody, that really makes everything that you've done worth it. Really, it is. It's the it's the truth. 
Um, so, uh, video game remixes, do you think you're going to do anything with uh, Skyrim? Is that giving you any inspiration? It is, but I don't know if I'm going to remix the theme because everybody's... like I do older themes that aren't as well-known because they're not done to death. Like Battletoads? Um, Battletoads has also been done to death now, but ah, yes. Man. Sorry, like because uh, in the communities I hung out with, like Battletoads was like, oh, I'm going to do a remix of Battletoads. It's like, okay. Uh, well, uh, I guess I, I mean, tried. This is this is why I'm doing this and not making music. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's some exceptions. Like, I mean, I don't care how many people remix. Uh, oh, what the hell? Like Chrono Trigger music. I'm gonna fuck. I'm gonna stick my dick in that shit because it's so good. You know, uh, I'm uh, back to dicks now. That's all what I'm all about, but um, I'm straight. I just like dicks. <laughs> what? No. Um, hey, man, that's not weird here. <laughs> I'm on, I'm being interviewed by a dude who runs Horse News. I I really oh, I, don't, I don't run it. Well, not run horse. Okay, let me re- re- rephrase that. You can cut or whatever. Please don't tell my editors that that you think I run Horse News. I don't think you run Horse News. I misspoke. All right, good because uh, you know I don't know. Don't, I don't don't lock me in a room in a dark room. I don't, I don't know who or care who runs Horse News because I'm a irreverent fuckhead. But basically, I'm talking to somebody who Weird. works on a. <laughs> talking to somebody who works on a site, you uh, know, go or on. contributes to a site called Horse News. It's called fucking Horse News. Like, what is? I mean, at least you know it's it's called Horse News. Like, what am I gonna do with that? It's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. If you start judging me for saying things about dicks, like, I mean, that's yeah, that's you're not, you're not in the group chat, so I mean, you don't know what it's like. <laughs> I bet not. I uh, I've never been. Uh, I've never been so, so Stephen Colbert. So, but anyway, um, yeah. So it's basically about inspiration, and I mean, it's like people are gonna read the, read this or listen to it, be like, man, he's so far up his own ass. But it's true, I am. Oh, fuck those guys. Yeah, too busy. I, up my I own say ass. that to my own listener base. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like people still listen to me. I don't know why. Right, uh, your podcast. Oh, right. So, Cyril Silly Show is uh, funny. I mean, that's been around since. That's that's gonna that's nearing its three year anniversary. Like I've been doing it. Man, that's quite the while. Yeah. Um, after ponies around episode eleven. Because there's actually like if you listen, to, it's really funny. Because if you want to you know, like hear me become a brony, you can listen to the episodes and like, you know, somebody I think mentioned it in one of the shows. I'm like, I don't know. Two weeks later, ponies. Uh, that, that's what everybody's <laughs> like whenever they get into the fandom. For the first uh, for the first couple of months, it's all that you can talk about. Yeah, I can't help it, man. Some days, like it, it is. Like I don't know. It's just it's one of those things that got pretty all encompassing. But that's just the way I am too. So kind of help that. Um, you know, at one point, I was reading pages upon pages of Mega Man fan fiction. So, um, dude, Mega don't knock, Man fan fiction. Don't knock the Mega Man fan fiction. I don't mean like shitty 12-year-old Yaoi fan fiction. I mean legit emotional heart-tugging novelizations of the first original games. Like, no shit. I was like, and like, ah, ah. Anyway, I wrote deep the, I, heart-tugging characterization of a Mega Man character. You don't even understand, dude. Fuck. <laughs> I'll never understand your pain. <laughs> You'll never understand. No, serious though. It's like it's good stuff. Um, 
Uh, I'll, I, uh, I can't remember who did them now because that was years ago, um, mind. But I wrote, I remixed Mega Man songs and wrote lyrics based on these fan fictions. That's how fucking deep I got into that shit. But they happened with ponies too, so it's just kind of yeah. the way it is with me. And with a lot of people, I mean, this is the internet, and we're all like-minded in some way or another, and we all kind of go a little overboard, and it's just the way it is. Um, right. Going overboard is where uh, some really good stuff comes from, though, from time to time. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, we wouldn't have this fandom if it weren't for that, to, to a certain extent. On the other hand, we wouldn't have this fandom if it weren't for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it, it takes all kinds. Like, you know, yeah. You, you be, if you're if you're on the internet for longer than five years, no, not even that anymore. Since it's fucking 2014, if you've been on the internet for longer than seven years, you've seen a lot. Oh yeah, um, definitely. And, seen a lot. and so, like, at some point, you're like, okay, well, this is the same bullshit that happened back in 2007. You know, I've seen this before. What the fuck? Yeah, history and, repeats itself. And uh, man, I was gonna make a make a reference to a. A theoretical law, I forget what it was called, uh, uh, the longer a discussion goes on on the internet, the higher the chances that someone will reference it to the Holocaust. Oh, I don't know what law that is, but that sounds... You know, you know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about, but I don't know what, uh, I, I don't know all the context, because I, I will tell you, I've never really hung out on 4chan ever, ever. So I forgive you. It's, it's terrible, eh? Uh, I mean, I, I know, I know enough about horse news to know, um, who I'm sort of talking to, so I know who the editors are. So, uh, or I know enough of where the editors. <laughs> and I see ten, fifteen minutes ago. Not, uh, man, not that long. We've only been going for like twenty minutes. Um, well, you you were, you were just saying you don't even know who who runs it, who's in charge, or anything. Well, uh, I don't know, but I like I know enough. Like it's one of those things you don't have to know who's. Trap. You don't know. You don't have to know who somebody is to know what somebody is to a certain extent. You know. Yeah, that's true. So that's where it is. I mean, and I could be completely wrong, but I frankly haven't had enough emotional and you know investment in it to give a fuck. So we're we're all normal people here. Everybody's normal people except for those fuckheads. Yeah, Um, stand. (laughs) Everybody who's not me, (laughs) fuck them. No, um, but no, I, yeah, it's whatever. Like that's that's the funny thing that like it's just one of those things. Like, I always tried to keep out of most of the bullshit um, in this. But then again, I'm I'm fucking 23 years old. Like, well, good on you for trying to keep out of it. You know, simple things. Yeah, it's just one of those things. It's it's, it's weird because I'm like, oh man, half these people are like way younger than me, and then I realize I'm old, and then I realize I have a receding hairline and look like I'm 40. I saw footage <laughs> of myself at BronyCon 2013, and I'm like. Man, I would look so cool in any other context. God damn it. <laughs> I look like I'm, like, when I say, it doesn't help, like, when I sing and play. And at the same time, I, like, some of the facial expressions I make are kind of, like, kind of molester looking. And, like, I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. I feel really awkward. I mean, not awkward enough to stop. <laughs> Somewhere out there, there's a, there's an archive of gifs, 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 gifs. It's fucking gifts. Yeah, yeah, probably. I, I mean, I know there's a gif of me dancing shirtless, so it, it, uh, it yeah, exists. That uh, that sounds pretty familiar to me. <laughs> Unfortunately. Uh, don't worry about it. I 
The one thing that was good about Las Pegasus that I probably won't be able to do again is I was able to remove my shirt on stage. And since I was known enough for my chest hair, for some reason, probably because of that uh, dancing video, I shaved the Batman symbol into my chest hair <laughs> um, with some help. <laughs> and, um, and I mean, I, I really I have this weird obsession with Princess Luna. So I was just like, yeah, I wanted to, like, you know, be closer to my patron. Deity. Would you say that Luna is best poem? Um. I mean, I wouldn't say it like that without shooting myself in the face, but yeah, I mean, she's great. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm a little bit inclined to agree with you. Yeah. Damn right! I'm yeah. the knight. Um, Real yeah. excited. Um, <laughs> so, uh, are you not allowed to do stunts like that at uh, BabsCon? I think BabsCon would let me. I just don't know. Uh, because most of the other cons were like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because, you know, they want to maintain a slightly family-friendly atmosphere. What uh, what I was able to do at Canterlot Gardens at Las Pegasus was it was a late-night show, so little kids wouldn't, you know, be re- realistically around. And if they were, well, that's on their parents at that point, because it's like after... Right. Like, and I mean, it's not like seeing a male shirtless with a very hairy chest is graphic. No, but... Uh, Tell that to the censors. <laughs> I mean, censors for, like, the ratings. Because, like, PG is different than G and PG-13. You know, like, it's PG-13 is what it classifies as after I researched it some. Oh, since we're talking about ratings, um, I just want to say that uh, to be PG-13, you can be allowed one non-sexual use of the word fuck. Yes, I did know that. Um, and I, I, I did use that to my advantage when I did the Silly Show panel at BronyCon. The Horse News uh, Podcast is now rated PG-13. Fuck. Oh, shit. I said it again. Well, rated R. <laughs> 17 and up. <laughs> now, now if Thanks. I just start... you've ruined it. Ruined everything. Hey, look. I'm, I'm just going to pull up uh, Horse uh, Dicks Everywhere 2 Penile Palooza and start reading it. And we'll be in NC-17 territory real quick. Oh. Oh. <laughs> That's one of my favorite fan fictions from this fam- you're fandom. Make, you're making me blush. <laughs> no, you don't understand. Have you, have you experienced six everywhere too, Penile Palooza? I cannot say with any degree of sincerity that I have <laughs> ever heard of it. <laughs> well, poor you for one, because it's fantastic. Secondly, this is what the silly show did to me. I read all sorts of awful fucking fan fiction um, from different fandoms, but all of it generally terribly written this wasn't terribly written that's what killed it but the thing about penile palooza <laughs> the thing about penile palooza quote of the day is um is that rarity is apparently food or rarity in this oh. and she says the line just because i'm a lady doesn't mean i don't have a penis <laughs> and <laughs> it just it just killed I like, me. Just, i like the accent Thank you. I've been working on sucking a little less at accents lately. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say dick. I've been working on sucking a little less dick, too, but notice I haven't been gratuitously complimenting you, you know? I guess that's true. We'll save that for after the... (laughs) Yeah, make me look good, bitch. Uh, Wait, isn't that... That'd be, like, reverse, I guess. Like, Mm -hmm. like, me suck... I see no reason why that can't happen. <laughs> this Speak. is going down a lane of thinking that I was not intending to do when I first got this, and I haven't even had a drink. I've been drinking H2 double zero. 
Um, H H two O two. Oh, no, there's only one. Like, there's no not enough couplings <laughs> for the two oxygens to be there. So no, no, that's. I guess that you know that's good. So um, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I think I think at the point where there's uh two oxygens that becomes a, uh, you know, carbon dioxide and. No, because like it still has the hydrogen bond in there. So I really don't. I can't Man, I'm remember. I'm not a chemist. I used to be so into that, and then I wasn't. I scraped the biochemistry to tell you the truth. I actually never took chemistry in high school. Oh, I did. I, I I fucking did not. I took earth science instead. So ask me about rocks. <laughs> uh, I had to take both. Oh damn, that sucks. I took physics, earth science, and biology, and that's it. That's all I did. I was required to take. Uh, let's see. Biology, earth science, physics, chemistry, and environmental science. Big fun. Hmm. Yeah, big fun. We gotta love high school. Oh man, how interesting has this interview gone that we're now talking about uh, classes? I don't know. Like, was there structure to this? Because I was just starting to ramble once you give me a starting point. That's just what happens. That's why I said, you know, don't even worry about it. I'm just going to fucking go. Yeah, I mean, I guess I was pretty lazy with uh, preparing questions for this. Yeah, and you're you're still a dick for it. But at least... um... At least you're honest. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's what I try. I try to be honest. Like, there's there's nothing to be gained from, from, you know, not telling the truth. Now, will I withhold the truth sometimes? Yeah. But that's because, you know, sometimes you don't really want to hurt somebody's feelings because it's not the right timing. But then you come later and they're like, look, you're kind of being a little shithead, you fuck. Right. Um, right. But yeah, so. Let me see. Uh, closing I- question, unless oh. you have anything else you want to say. Um, no, I think I've rambled on long enough. Okay. What would it take for you, Sir the Wolf? To give up, shall we say, I don't know, secrets of international interest. Say you've been kidnapped by some evil evil Russians with thick, uh, thick bad American actor accents and, uh, you know, strapped to the table, laser at your groins. What would it take for you to give up those secrets? If or are you, had... are, you, are you one of these cool people that would say, you can do whatever to me, I'll never give it up? Nah, I've got a pretty low pain threshold. It really, like, it really depends. Like... Like like wax your leg hair? I uh no, I would never do that. You would, um, you wouldn't give up a secret if they uh threatened to wax your legs. I would with duct I mean, tape. Well, okay, if they were waxing like whatever, that's not some big deal. I like I can pull through that. I mean, I've had a, I had a, a broomstick thrown at my head, and I got up and um, didn't realize I was bleeding profusely from my fucking forehead until my cousin pointed it out. Um, you didn't see it. Didn't, I didn't um, didn't notice. It oh, didn't even hurt that much <laughs> until oh. until I pulled my hand down and it was just covered in fucking blood. I'm like, oh, oops. So I mean, there's that. But on the other hand, it depends because here's the thing. Here's the thing. It's all about context. Now, if I had such secrets, I'd probably have a bit of a stronger pain threshold because I would be, you know, trusted with such secrets. So therefore, I probably would be a fucking total badass to a point. If it was just me and I happened to stumble upon a clue or it's an accidental capture, I would tell them whatever the fuck they wanted to hear. If it happened to be wrong, eh, at least it would stop them from lasering my ball sack off. Uh, yeah, it's always a good day whenever you can go to sleep and just thank the heavens that your ball sack <laughs> is still attached. I, really? I mean, what else is there to be thankful in life uh, well, as a male? 
since uh, I guess you're now a, officially a confirmed badass, um, I would just <laughs> want to thank you again for uh, your time coming and doing this interview. Sure, it was I fun. Get, I get to eat another day. Yeah, good. Um, tell them to give you a 64th helping of... Um, 64? I don't fucking know and Nintendo I only, weigh, I only weigh like 150. Really? Yeah. I'm, huh. I weigh like... I don't weigh twice as much as you, but... I, I have at one point. I'm but a anyway, spawny individual. Very well, but no, um, yeah, no. To tell them to get, you know, slip in some, slip in some alcohol or something. I don't fucking know. Whatever suits your, whatever suits your fancy. A bonbon of some kind. I don't fucking know. Maybe, maybe you want a lyra plushie. I don't fucking know. Oh yes, definitely. I'll, uh, I'll be sure to make a special request. All right, good. I'm, I have no sway in anything, but tell them I sent you, and it'll probably not happen. Cyril sent me. Give me the plushie. <laughs> all right so well yeah no but thank you for uh letting me blather on for like 45 minutes or some shit oh it's it's fine it's fine i appreciate you coming and uh coming yeah. and coming and coming again all over the place I had to end it on a pun now how many dick jokes did i make today it's i think i came well yes yeah, so you definitely came in first for the dick puns <laughs> gold medal Magnum. So, um, this is officially the end.